It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 228 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well at LockedOnRaptors. You can find links to every single episode as well as uh, links to posts up on LockedOnRaptors.com. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review the show on iTunes. Do that with all the Locked On shows. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network with shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, uh, local experts who have a great tr- insight on their on your on your favorite teams. So make sure you're doing that. Uh, and uh, please go to the iTunes page for Locked On Raptors. Leave a rating, leave a review. It takes no time at all. It really helps to move us up the rankings. Helps people discover the show uh, and makes uh, it look better. <laughs> Just frankly, it helps my ego. So please do that. Um, all right, on today's show, I'm joined by Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans. Uh, we're doing a crossover episode ahead of tonight's game with the Raptors and Pelicans. This isn't like a. Uh, like a straight up preview of the game a lot of it is just sort of bigger picture stuff about the pelicans and raptors so if you're listening after the game takes place it's still timely don't worry about that uh, i'll have a game um, podcast recapping the game on thursday so make sure you, that you're, you're staying tuned for that but don't turn this one away because you've the game's already happened because we don't talk too much about the game itself we talk about the pelicans and their weirdness and the king cake baby and demarcus cousins and anthony davis and del demps and uh, sort of the weird team building process that they're going through. And then we talked about OG Ananobi a little bit as well. Uh, just a bit of Raptors stuff, uh, Kyle Lowry, all that good stuff. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode with Jake. Check out LockedOnPelicans.com. Jake is doing a great job uh, keeping that set, uh, site just loaded with content. He's got a great staff of people who are doing stuff. I decided I would be able to run my site by myself, and I'm not writing as much as I, as I wanted to. But uh, there's, there's more stuff coming. Keep an eye out. Um, I was expecting to have to write a column after the Raptors lost to the Rockets on Tuesday. But hey, they didn't lose. They won. And it was dope. Uh, and you can listen to me talk about that game and more with Matt Moore from last night's podcast. Uh, that was a really good one. So please, if you haven't listened to that, make sure you check it out. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have more stuff written on the site soon. Uh, tonight, uh, or today, I'm going to be writing about Kennedy Meeks. I covered the 905 game yesterday, so I'm going to write a little piece about Kennedy Meeks and sort of the impact he's already having on that team. 
Of course, he was a guy who was in camp for the Raptors, didn't make the team, uh, but he just got called up to the U.S. FIBA qualifiers, and it's a, it's a good good time, good feeling story for Kennedy Meeks. You can also read the thing I wrote uh, about OG Ananobi and sort of the, the thing that wasn't bad about the Raptors game against the Celtics. It's going to be a new column I'm going to do uh, every time the Raptors lose a game, just to try to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to do a column called What Didn't Suck, and I'm going to highlight a good thing that happened when the Raptors lost. And once again, I thought I was going to have to do that against the, after the Rockets game, but I did not because the Raptors kicked ass and it was great. Uh, all right, I'm going to get to the conversation with Jake Madison in just a second, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Draft. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts, uh, real-live snake drafts even, uh, with other people just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts just for one night and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last minute injuries for you. They'll send you a little push notification if you have to, uh, you know, switch somebody out. Say someone has the flu and they're a game time scratch. You can just go on. Uh, you just follow the push notification and put a new guy in your lineup. Uh, draft start every couple minutes and you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. That's right. Draft starts. Uh, drafts start from just $1. So there's no there's a draft for every Everybody. Uh, you can play for free as well. There's a dollar. You can play three dollars, five bucks, ten bucks, you know, whatever. You can play all the way on up to like hundreds of dollars if you really want to. There's tournaments you can enter. Um, those are harder to win, but there's a bit, way bigger payout for those as well. Uh, those are pretty fun if you want to just like put it at the start of the week, join it, and just see how it goes over the course of the week. Uh, there's no salary caps. Play You play in a real-life snake draft. Uh, real-life snake draft. Why do I keep calling it a real-life snake draft? What's a real-life and real-live? I don't know. Uh, you play in a real-life snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come on, join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game of minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. If you are in Canada, you probably have to use Draft.com. I don't think there's an app yet for Android. Uh, there is for, for Apple, for iPhone users, so don't worry about that. But if you use Android, if you use Google, Google Play. Uh, there is not yet a, a draft app uh, available in the, in the store, so make sure you're using draft.com. It's still a good interface. So you can check that out there. Um, but yeah, you can play from wherever you want. Uh, for a limited time, only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code, and that promo code is LORAPTORS. That's all one word as in locked on Raptors. That's right. You play real money game. You play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LORAPTORS, and you make your first deposit on draft. It's uh, it's great. You, it's $3 entry. That That's what you can use to join my league today that I'm hosting. I'm hosting a listener league. It's Draft Wednesday on the Locked On Network. We're all hosting leagues across the network. Uh, all the hosts have, have different leagues up and, and running. Uh, if you want to join mine, just follow me on the app uh, at Locked On Sean, and you'll be able to see in your little queue and your little lobby uh, the league that I've started. It's a six-team league. If you want to join it, please use the promo code LO Raptors. Or if you've already used the code and you're on there, make sure you're following me, Locked On Sean, and, uh, and join me in there. It'll be fun. You can take my money because I'm not very good at this. And also, if you follow the Locked On Network on there, you can join the just the running league that we have for for locked on network listeners and subscribers uh just it's a four person league that just refreshes itself every time it fills so you can do that as well and play with listeners from all across the network it's a great time and sometimes hosts are in there as well uh you can take the host money too so make sure you download draft today enter the listener leagues uh use the promo code lo raptors and uh, we'll see you on there it's a lot of fun 
All right, uh, let's get to the conversation now with Jake Madison. Thanks so much for tuning in, uh, and I hope you have a great night. Enjoy the game against the Pelicans. We'll be back again on Thursday to recap that game. I'm not sure if we're going to have a guest yet or not, but uh, there will be a podcast Thursday, and uh, I appreciate you for listening. Once again, rate, review, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Twitter at WoodleySean at LockdownRaptors. Uh, uh, appreciate some follows for the Lockdown Raptors account in particular, so we can get the word out there a little bit more. There's a Facebook page as well for Lockdown Raptors. I don't know if you use Facebook anymore. I just did it because apparently that's where people click on stuff. I don't know. Uh, but make sure you find the Lockdown Raptors. I think it's just at Lockdown Raps on Facebook if you want to follow that and keep an eye on everything that's coming down there. Uh, may, may incorporate some Facebook Lives or something like that at some point, so make sure you're doing that so you don't miss anything. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk again on Thursday. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Cheers. All right, it's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors here with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans for another Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Excited to talk some hoops. Yeah, uh, Raptors and Pelicans play Wednesday night. It's their second game in six days. Um, the game they played last week uh, on Thursday at the ACC was, I think, the most fun Raptors game. I mean, maybe the one where they just beat the, the Rockets last night was we'll take the title now, but... Like, overall, like, that was a really fun game to, like, watch last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I was watching that at home, and I was, like, sick on my couch. It was my girlfriend's birthday, and I'm having so much fun. And she's <laughs> just like, what, what the hell's going on? Like, how come you're, you get to have all this fun watching this game? And uh, But I enjoyed it. Also, it was Drew Holiday's best game of the year. And if the Pelicans want to win tonight, they're going to need to get that kind of performance. I think it was 34 points, 11 assists out of him because – He's largely been almost absent, it seems like, from this team at times this year. Yeah, uh, Drew Holiday tends to, I feel like that's two years in a row where his best game of the season is coming against the Raptors. <laughs> so you might be in line for another nice performance tonight. Uh, I guess spinning it forward to the game tonight, yeah, you mentioned Drew Holiday. Um, and, you know, I guess, like the Holiday thing, yeah, maybe he's been a disappointment this season. But overall, it feels like this team is like, much less sort of in the dumps than it has been in the past and like there's not as much sort of concern over the future of the team and there's not as much like calling out of Dell Demps as their GM I mean there's still issues with the team building that could definitely be sort of thrown on Demps but uh is this like a less depressing team to cover this season I mean they're eight and six they're I mean Boogie and Brow have been incredible like is it just a more fun team to be around yeah, and I mean, this is kind of what I think most Pelicans fans really expected. There's so much talent there in DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis that, look, they were going to find a way to coexist. That was never really the question in my mind. It was, you know, can you build around these two guys with the rest of the roster? And like you said, right now it's working, so there there aren't people calling, you know, outside Del Demp's house with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> but at the same point, when you look at some of this this roster with guys like Ajinsa and Omer Ashik, two other bigs, who are taking up about 13, 14 million on the salary cap this season. That's not good because that's wasted money that this team could really use in some capacity to spend on other people. But right now they're being carried at times with or by DeMarcus Cousins, by Anthony Davis, and then getting kind of performance of the night from who, whoever it's going to be. And that's leading to a lot of wins right now. You know, the, the schedule to start the year, the first 12 games, eight of the first 12 were on the road. The Pelicans wanted to be six and six after that. They were, so getting to eight and six uh, after those next two is definitely a good thing for the team. 
but they haven't really played anyone particularly tough in terms of their wins. Right now, they don't have a win over a team with a winning record. This run now with Toronto tonight starts a string of about 13 games with 11 of them being against real playoff threats. So this is where we're going to see you know, if this team's a solid playoff contender or if all of a sudden Pelicans fans are going to be in a panic and hearing about trade rumors of DeMarcus Cousins to the Cavs or to Boston around the trade deadline. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that's kind of the thing. I like Coming into the season, I kind of expected just looking at the Western Conference and sort of just eyeing things up. And just, you know, comparing each team, like, I kind of felt like the Pelicans were going to be near the bottom tier of that, you know, group of teams from, like, 6 to 12 who were all going to fight for those last few playoff spots. Um, but, like, it, it looks better This it looks better than I thought it was going to be, and they look like they're more positioned, and there's some other teams, you know, Utah with Rudy Gobert going down, that's a big thing. Obviously, the Thunder and the Wolves kind of look weird. Um, and maybe there's a chance here for the Pelicans to sneak in. How's your sort of out, like long-term outlook for the team changed since the start of the season? No, a, a little bit because of injuries to other players. But I, I always saw them, you know, I think basically everyone kind of figured the top three or four seeds in the Western Conference were going to be set. And then the next four seeds is like a dogfight between about eight teams or so. And now as we get a chunk into the season, we're starting to see teams kind of separate themselves a little bit. And I figured the Pelicans would be in the mix for, say, the four to or the five to eight seed somewhere in there, just depending on how things shook out. With the injury to Rudy Gobert really hurting Utah's chances, the Clippers are dealing with a ton of injuries, and after their hot start, look pretty bad right now. Things are looking up for the Pelicans. I think they're still going to be in playoff contention all year long. You know, if, if DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis keep playing like they are, and they're two bigs who really complement each other incredibly well. I'd written about it before where, you know, when before the trade, to find the kind of that running mate for DeMarcus Cousins or for Anthony Davis in the front court is very difficult because of the unique skill set he has, and you need someone almost as unique as he is. And those guys don't just grow on trees. So mm-hmm. to be able to get a guy like DeMarcus Cousins kind of unlocked something special here. And if they can kind of get some more production out of Drew Holiday in his $126 million contract, you know, I think this can be a really, really good team, actually. I could see them fighting maybe right now for the five, fifth or sixth seed in the Western Conference. I'm higher on their ceiling if everything goes well than I was to start the year. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, just seeing how they've meshed together. And you barely got any time at the end of last season to see how they were going to work together. And I think... 
you know, this tends to happen with superstars. They figure it out. We're going to see it probably with Houston as well when Chris Paul comes back, I guess, this week. Um, this I, I'm rooting for the Pelicans to succeed because they're just a fun team to me. Um, they, I, I mean, I have this like weird thing for the King Cake baby. I think he's the greatest thing in the history of sports. Um, I have this the, the entire look, collection. Look at you being all brave on the podcast here, <laughs> not scared of the creepy mascot that now is going to probably hear this and. You know, all of a sudden, it's going to be like it, and he's going to be out your window or something. I'm pretty sure King Cake Baby follows me on Twitter because I've uh, praised him so much. So, no, I'm not scared. I think we're, we have a good understanding. Um, are you not a fan of King Cake Baby? No, I am. It's, okay. I get it. It's so weird. And, I mean, it's just such a New, a New Orleans thing. And that's one thing that people in, in New Orleans love, just do things that are very much New Orleans. Right. Because they kind of feel that people trash the city, especially in the NBA. A lot. So anything that kind of builds up the city and is very unique to the city they love. So King Cake Baby, despite being the weirdest and creepiest <laughs> looking thing, and like let's, there's no way around it. People love it down here. It's weird to just say out loud. People love this giant mascot baby, but they do. Well, I'm glad to hear he's being respected in his time. Um, and you know, the, he kind of bleeds into what I was, what the point I was going to make is that like I just the characters on this team are really fun. Like. You can, I mean, Rajon Rondo is whatever, I suppose, as a person, but uh, you have Tony Allen, you have, you know, they, they had Josh Smith for a little while, you got Boogie, of course, uh, Jameer Nelson's just like that classic, uh, really steady backup point guard who's been like incredibly good for them so far this year, uh, he was torching the Raptors last week, um, who is the most fun person on the team to cover? You know, it's, it's still probably Cousins or Davis, Davis, as he's kind of grown into his leadership role, you know, when he first came in the league, was a very quiet guy, kind of unassuming, and he looked like a kid. He was also 18. And now as he's kind of grown up and matured more, he feels more comfortable around the media. He enjoys joking around the media. Um, same thing with DeMarcus Cousins. He kind of, I think, also likes the attention on him a little bit, so he plays it up. Right. Uh, so, um, and I'll tell you this. After a couple years of covering Monty Williams, who is a great, great human, but not fun to talk to as a media member, Alvin Gentry has been great after practices and things like that. He stays around, jokes with the media, just kind of chats and, and it shoots the breeze a little bit. So it's been a lot of fun to cover him as well for the like off-the-record stories he tells everybody. Does Anthony Davis still do – because you don't get commercials on League Pass anymore. You just get the in-arena thing. Does he still do the special man commercials? No, you know, oh, those were great. And again, things that are very <laughs> New Orleans where they, they ran that season uh, ticket promotion doing that and they just ripped off an old furniture store commercial <laughs> here in New Orleans and they finally just used the humor that everyone had. Uh, especially, like, Ryan Anderson's a really funny dude, so it was great to just involve all of them in there. But with Anthony Davis dressed up like that and everything, it was <laughs> fantastic. Um. Do you have any Raptors stuff? I feel like I've been dominating the conversation with Pelicans questions because they're endlessly fascinating to me. Do you have anything Raptors related you want to throw at me? Oh, of course. Yeah, trust me. Tons. One, how can I trade for Kyle Lowry and get him on the Pelicans? But I think that's, <laughs> you know, I think I know how quickly that conversation is going to end. But your rookie OG, I've seen you on Twitter. I haven't watched as much Raptors as I want to see because that, again, I have like irrational love for Kyle Lowry. He's one of my favorite players in the league for a long time now. 
But OG's been playing pretty well for you guys, hasn't he, recently? Yeah, so first of all, Kyle Lowry, yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he was, in the offseason, if there was like a team that you know probably didn't have the flexibility to do it, but if they were going to try to, like, there was a free agent team in need of a point guard, say Drew Holiday was to leave, uh, I would have loved to see Kyle on that Pelicans team with AD and Cousins, but as such, I'm glad he's in Toronto. Um, and yeah, OG, man, he has been just like... Here's the thing about Ananobi is he fell in the draft because he wasn't really expected to be back until like December or January at the earliest, and I think a lot of people looked at him as, looked at him as a kind of a risk, and he's not. He's playing like a month, two months ahead of where his scheduled sort of time frame was, and he's already doing things that are, you know, I think just kind of fascinating the imaginations of, of Raptors fans in that like this whole this whole time the Raptors have needed this guy, have needed a guy to like be the gateway to like the future and potentially sort of be a, a sort of a way for the Raptors to get to a higher plane and, and sort of become that elite kind of team that everyone seems to want them to be um, and to make that step and like that's, it's really early with OG but he seems like the kind of guy who people can kind of at least like attach their hope to in terms of being that guy who can kind of raise the ceiling of the overall roster because man he his defense is Superb last night against the Rockets, he was guarding James Harden in the fourth quarter and shutting him down. Um, and it was yeah, that's not an easy task. No, it was insane. Uh, I think he, I think he ended up being put on to. It might have been Drew Holiday in that game last week. There was someone who he guarded who he shouldn't have been guarding. Who he did a really good job against recently. I'm very well, I'm bad at this, picked, but I think he he stole it from Cousins at one point on one of those Cousins drives from the three point line. Yeah, he just yeah. kind of stuck his arm out instinctually and got the ball away, which was I thought just just a smart little move because yeah. as a rookie, it's probably easy just to kind of stay on your guy and not kind of have that court awareness. Yeah, and like a couple weeks ago against Portland, he like switched on to Damian Lillard and shut down a drive and then like two plays later later stole it from like Evan Turner and then uh, and then I think early in the game he kind of just like was really long in front of CJ McCollum and poked the ball free and for a steal as well. So like it's just kind of everybody, he's kind of like across positions able to defend everybody and that's the kind of guy the Raptors have like never had and it's you know it's what Joey Graham was supposed to be 10 years ago uh but like OG's already kind of making good on it he leads the team in on-court uh net rating uh they've just been awesome with him on the court and he's starting now with Norm Powell injured I'm not sure if Powell's gonna be back tonight against the Pelicans but I'm curious to see if the way OG played last night 16 points on like eight shots um he had a couple dunks he had a, his passing is at a really high level he had a couple nice passes last night as well his turnover ratio is like three to one uh or assist to turnover ratio is like three to one like he's doing everything that you want i think from like a fifth starter right now and i'm curious to see if he's going to you know supplant norm powell as the starter even if powell's back healthy from the hip pointer he suffered against boston it's uh it's really fun to have a young player to be like this excited about because you know you're a team that you know perennially perennially picks you know in the 20s and you're not really expecting much in terms of like crazy upside from a player but OG dropped and he a lot of people had him as a much higher pick and the fact that he fell to the Raptors I think people are I think the Raptors and Raptors fans are ecstatic and I think a lot of teams around the league I had Matt Moore on the podcast last night and it sounds like Denver is just like heartbroken that they didn't get him uh this was after trading down and like thinking they could get him later and not getting him um it sounds like a lot of teams around the league are kind of kicking themselves for maybe like a short short short-sighted approach to OG and his injury and thinking oh he can't play right away so you know that's like what one eighth potentially of his rookie deal that you're gonna miss out on like that seems like a short-sighted thing to, to just drop a guy because of that so I think a lot of people are, are kind of kicking themselves for, for not taking him. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great, like you said, just kind of have that like bridge to the future a little bit is a very useful player to have, especially when, you know, getting, like you said, picking in the 20s, getting some more, a little bit more youth on that team can really help. One of the things I wanted to ask you, so I think, and I'm pulling up the box score from last game because I can't remember, uh, DeMarcus Cousins had a good game stat-wise against the Raptors when they played in Toronto last week but ultimately felt like very unimpactful in that game. Same with Anthony Davis. He had eight, Davis at 18 and 7. Cousins had 20 and 15, but didn't really feel like he was carrying the team like he normally did. What, what are the Raptors going to need to do tonight to kind of neutralize at least one of the Pelicans' big birds? Uh, honestly, I think they need like another out-of-body experience from Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas, which I'm not expecting because... For the most part, and this I wrote about this like two days before that game. Like those two have been a horrible defensive front court together, and they just haven't worked. But against apparently Cousins and Davis, they do work. Um, and like Jonas was like blowing up four or five pick and rolls, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen because he just doesn't do that. Um, and I, I'm honestly not expecting them to be as good as they were in that game because that's just not what they do. It, it feels like it was kind of a one-off game um, because like Abaka is better as a center at this point, and that's kind of. You know, I think common knowledge and like having him chase Anthony Davis around is not going to end well most nights. And then Valanciunas is just not a good defender, but he did a really good job of frustrating Cousins. He, yeah, actually Cousins after that game, uh, he said that you know at least one of his turnovers was caused by Jonas flopping. And then so we we showed Jonas the the, the quote in, in in the locker room, and he said uh, he's he's never flopped once in his life. It was pretty funny, um, but. I don't know. Jonas did a good job of frustrating him, I suppose. He picked up that tech before halftime, um, and he seemed kind of, you know, irritated with the refs. He had, what, seven turnovers in that game? I don't know. I honestly don't know what happened. It was, like, I I haven't seen Jonas and Ibaka work together as well as they did in that game, you know, pretty much since Ibaka was traded for it last year's deadline. And, like, if it happens again tonight, if if they have simpatico on the defensive end and they're able to, like, switch back and forth between the two... Um, and, and provide different looks like yeah maybe that can work but I just I'm not expecting a repeat performance just because Cousins and Davis are too good and you know those stat lines for them while Cousins was pretty nice Davis was kind of quiet like I just feel like you're not going to replicate that because they're too good and that Valanciunas and Abaka's track record is not solid enough for me to think that they're going to you know replicate what they did well I'm going to feel bit better about that because Pelicans, like I said, their schedule gets really, really tough right now. So any wins they can get, especially at home where they haven't played particularly well, is something I'm going to be very excited about because I really want this team to make the playoffs. <laughs> I want to see Cousins get in there and just see what happens on like the biggest stage because, like you said, there's such it, this team's kind of fun to follow because of all the weird characters they have on here. And Rondo, by the way, we haven't even mentioned him is going to be playing about 14 or so minutes tonight. Right. Uh, that, man, seeing all these guys in potentially like the boom or bust scenario in the playoffs would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I kind of want to see them not play the Warriors again because like I'd rather see them against a team that they have like a real chance to kind of upset. And, you know, maybe it's not a real chance. Maybe they play the Rockets and it's, it's a five-game series or whatever. But like I feel like against the Warriors, it's just kind of a, a formality. Uh, for anybody, it's not just the Pelicans, it's just anybody in that eight seed is going to get just run off the floor. 
Um, so I kind of want to see the Pelicans in a situation where they, they, they can actually have like a long series and kind of give a team some trouble and throw Cousins and Davis at a team that maybe isn't ready for two giant human beings as good as they are um, because they're such an interesting thought experiment to me and I just I want to see it play out. And like, I don't know, is Cousins, like would you expect that the Pelicans at this point, I mean he's played so well this season that you would think that, that it's a firm yes, but they have some cap considerations to, to think of. Like do you think they're going to go all out to try to keep Cousins at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think if, say they lose their next, like, 15 games in a row, I don't even think they'll trade him right. at the trade deadline. I think, basically, this is the ship that Del Demps has built, and he is going to go down with it, for better or worse, uh, I think is kind of my my take my look at it, really, here. They've gone all in. They've, they're going against the grain because it was really the only superstar they could get. It wasn't exactly like this team wanted to try and build big. They did want to go smaller, but when you could get DeMarcus Cousins for Buddy Heald at a future first, you're going to do that deal every time. So that's just kind of what presented itself. They went for it, and then they've kind of built all in around that. And it's working right now. It still is a bit of a question mark in my mind. But again, you have so much talent on this team, you should be able to win. Uh, but no matter what, they're not going to trade him because right now, basically, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, Demps is gone, Gentry's gone. These guys are kind of in like self-preservation mode. So you're not going to trade DeMarcus Cousins for, say, future first-round picks or young prospects. So they're going to do everything they can no matter what to re-sign him because at a certain point, you just have to have talent on the roster. Yeah, and I guess the whole consideration of Anthony Davis as well has to be kept in mind and like trying to keep as good a team around him as possible before – his, you know, his clock starts ticking maybe, and you look at him maybe going like the Jimmy Butler or Paul George route and wanting out, um, which would suck because I like Anthony Davis on the Pelicans. I want to see the Pelicans succeed because he's fun, and I don't want to see him on the, the stupid Celtics or something like that um, because everyone, all the other teams have all the, the fun and they have enough good things happening. So why not have New Orleans yeah, have some we, fun Yeah, we too? don't need that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Pelicans are just like... The thing with me is, what's the path forward for them in terms of building like an adequate roster around those two? So say, assume that they keep Cousins this offseason, which I think probably will happen, um, and they have Drew Holiday locked up, and say he you know rounds back into form a little bit, um, which I think he will. He's a good player. Like, how do they go about building the roster around those two? They have Etwan Moore locked up for a while, Solomon Hills locked up for a while. Other outside of that, it's kind of fluid. Aside from the Ashik and, and Ajinsa contracts, which are uh, not good. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do they go about building a roster with sort of the way they've handstrung themselves here? That was a heck of an understatement. With the Ashik <laughs> contract just not being good as best, I don't know, dumpster fire, atrocious, any one of those other words you could have used. But so no, you're right. They have basically five guys, five or six guys under long term deals, and that's that's it. And that's when you factor in re-signing to Marcus Cousins. Rondo's on a one year deal. He's about to step back into the starting point guard role. Um, you know, Ian Clark, who they signs a one-year deal. Tony Allen's likely gone after this year. And all of a sudden, you need to put brand-new role players and everyone around this team again. And they're not necessarily going to have the money to do that when you have Oshik's contract on the books and Junsa's contract on the books. So the, the first and foremost steps to do this is you have to get rid of those two bigs in some capacity. There's potential, and I don't want to throw this out here too much because I don't really think it's going to happen, but there's potential that Oshik does a medical retirement, so his contract goes away off of the books. That would really be helpful. The last year of his deal is only guaranteed for about $3.5 million, so it makes stretching him after this season uh, a much easier pill to swallow or right. potentially maybe 
maybe a, a tradable since he's owed less guaranteed money than what it looks like. Uh, Ajinsa, you just got to hope someone will take him kind of off of your hands. But you need to clear those guys to kind of build some room in there to be able to go out and get shooters. That's definitely one thing they still need. Falcons have moments where they look like a really good shooting team, and when you look at them in the rankings, they look decent when it comes to three-point attempts, three-point percentage, depending on the day you look at it. But that's being carried a lot by DeMarcus Cousins, who's averaging, and let me pull it up here, uh, seven and a half three-point attempts per game and making them look a whole lot better than they actually are shooting-wise. You still got to space the court for these guys. We've seen it. You can beat this team if you double these guys in the low post and then try and force them to get the ball out of their hands. Cousins is a good passer, but again, he's averaging six turnovers a game by making bad passes and bad mistakes. And Davis just gets his pocket picked most of the time because he's not a great passer. So you've got to have court spacing on there so that teams can't throw three guys at one of the bigs every single time they get the ball. That's kind of going to be the question going forward. That, should, to me, is the blueprint, especially when you have Drew Holiday, and that gives him more room to drive to the rim since mm-hmm. the bigs can space the court a little bit. But it's not that easy to find you know bargain basement three-point shooters, let alone guys who can still defend and play two ways. So it's going to be a big challenge going forward. And even after this year where there was a bit of roster turnover, they're going to have even more next year. Yeah, the Pelicans, I think more than most teams, maybe any other team, are going to have to start hitting on some draft picks. And it's good that they don't have any more picks owed except for a second rounder in 2018 to Chicago. Um, You know, the fact that they have all their first round picks going forward, like that is huge because that seems like the path forward to me and just like really smart drafting. And it's really hard to do, but like teams have done it. And like the Raptors are a good example of that, where they've drafted a bunch of dudes late in the first round and they've turned into like rotation players and they've been useful players. And, you know, maybe even more as we talked about with guys like OG and Obi. So like, this is like the thing with a lot of teams, like the Wizards haven't done it very well, the Clippers haven't done it very well, and that kind of, you know, ended up spiraling that team into the, the situation they're in now. Like, you have to hit on draft picks, you have to at least find some guys who can be cheap and contribute and not be, you know, just wastes of roster space, and like the Pelicans, like, their drafts are so important going forward. Yeah, you like you said, I think they still might end up trading this future first-round pick this year. Uh, to bring in some more help right now, especially if they're kind of sort of falling out of the playoff picture tour as we get closer to the trade deadline. But you need to hit on these picks because, again, they're they're going to be very top-heavy with Davis, Cousins, and Holiday, let's say, after the season in the Solomon Hills $12 million a year contract that you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of margin for error, and you're not going to get players that improve your team unless you, you nail some of these draft picks because those guys are cheap. They contribute. You have them cost-controlled for about seven years, which is a very useful thing, and that's not something the Pelicans have at all right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, fascinating team. Fascinating game tonight, I'm sure. The Pelicans and Raptors, uh, I think 8 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you check it out. Uh, this will be a fun one. This was a fun podcast, Jake. Thanks for coming on. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having me on. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Pelicans. Leave ratings, leave reviews. Subscribe to Locked On Raptors. Ratings, reviews, all those fun things. Check out LockedOnPelicans.com. I think Jake's got a staff there that's putting up some incredible content. Probably the most well-staffed site on the fan rag network of Locked On uh, blogs. So make sure you're going to LockedOnPelicans.com. LockedOnRaptors.com. It's just me. I'm still going to have something. I'm going to have something today on Kennedy Meeks. I was at the 905 game yesterday, uh, and I'm going to write about him. And so make sure you look in there and 
make sure you're just subscribing to all the Locked On shows and finding shows that you like and hosts that you like and supporting the work. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Jake, thanks for coming on, and we'll uh, we'll do this again when the Raptors and Pelicans play in the finals. All right. I love this idea. Crossover podcast every day, then. <laughs> Take it easy, man. All right. Thanks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 